Welcome to another exciting episode of National Google Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. It's the ceiling fan of free speech because you don't notice it much, but it, it just it makes you a lot more comfortable. It makes you feel better. And, and uh, RBN, we, uh, we're there in the background doing our hard work and uh, making you feel better, making you feel better as your society is crumbling around you. So go to republicbroadcasting.org, click on the donate button, send badly needed shekels. 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. Phone it into 1-800-724-2719, extension 3. Okay, we've got Paul Stevenson with us today. Paul, how are you doing there? Hello? That was such a good introduction. I can't hear yes, you, Paul. Good. All right, good. Can you hear okay, me? Now we, yeah, now we hear you. All right, good. So, um, I hear that there's a lot of stuff going on in Europe that is not really, that Americans aren't really very much aware of that's being overshadowed by whatever issues that we have over here. What's going on over there? Well, like, you know, I acquired. Um, just off there before we came on I inquired of you if you're getting any coverage of the uh, quite alarming uh, farmer protests over here uh, particularly in Brussels I mean you are talking about hundreds of farmers descending on Brussels it's turned violent the the police are spraying water cannons on them there was one scene I saw where I mean these are these uh, tractors I mean, these are quite big pieces of kit. I mean, these are very sturdy uh, pieces of kit. They're almost like tanks or something. I mean, they're they're made very solidly. And some of them have got those uh, forks on the front. You know, I imagine in the, the farming environment, they use them to lift pallets or whatever. And I saw one where uh, the Belgian police in Brussels had put up those concrete barriers that normally no car, you know, would, would even attempt to move. This thing just rolled up, pushed it forward casually as you like, and just moved it out of the way. Uh, and there's hundreds of these things. It, 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 I would imagine if you're the Brussels police, this is quite intimidating. Intimidating, You know, this is not a bunch of, uh, you know, Antifa supporters throwing stones or something. I mean, these are serious people. I couldn't help but think, you know, don't mess with the farmers, you know. The, the farmers are there minding their own business. In fact, the British Army had a war with the Irish in Northern Ireland, and I can guarantee you that a large percentage of the provisional IRA were farmers. <laughs> you know, it's almost a cliche saying the British, they, they couldn't beat a bunch of farmers from, from uh, South Armagh in Northern Ireland. But it, it's, it's not that much of an exaggeration because a lot of them, you know, it was like kind of common knowledge. We didn't know exactly who, but it's like the, the farmers were <laughs> made up the bulk of the IRA fighting force. Um, so these guys mean business. Meanwhile, of course, Rather than this being covered, you've got Ursula von der Leyen, one of the most odious, uh, arrogant individuals in politics. And that really is saying something. Over there in Ukraine, we stand by you and uh, whatever it takes. You know, a four-foot-something elderly woman in her, probably in her 60s. And you know, I don't know who this woman thinks she is. She must think she's a you know 27-year-old supermodel <clears throat> since is the self-confidence and uh, yeah, and just, just a quick aside, just a quick, just a quick aside. 
at a uh, G G seven meeting a few years back. I think maybe it might have been the first one that Boris Johnson attended. Uh, for whatever reason, somebody suggested taking off their shirts, and uh, Ursula van der Leyen uh, seemed to be the first one willing to comply. For <laughs> it's like it was uh, emphasized that no, actually, we're just joking. <laughs> but yeah, she exudes this self confidence uh, to the point of you know absolute hubris, and in a similar way, like Sadiq Khan in London does. You know, this guy is one of the most inarticulate unattractive looking, um, devoid of any charisma or charm. And yet he oozes this self-confidence and arrogance because he knows that all he has to say, every other word has to be racist, Islamophobia, Islamophobic, uh, misogynist. Who are you you speaking of now? Who are you speaking of now? Sadiq Khan, another. Oh, okay. The the mayor of London. Yeah, he exudes that sort of, uh, obnoxious self-confidence, you know, despite being so inarticulate. If you ever listen to this guy talk, he can barely string a sentence together. He's ugly looking. He's short. He uh, has no charisma. But like I said, he knows the type of words to say to his, of course, uh, you know, well-informed, uh, you know, anti-Brexit people in London. Uh, all he has to say is, uh, you know, the EU is great. Everybody's racist. Mm-hmm. Everybody's homophobic. And those uh, intellectual powerhouses that they think they are, compared to all the other backward, uh, ignorant people who voted to leave uh, the EU, uh, well, they all vote for them because that's all that's all they need is to hear the buzzwords like little robots. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, Sadiq Khan, nasty, brutish, and short, an inspiration to Thomas Hobbes, Ursula van der Leyen, uh, and she is the uh, head of the e- EU Commission. So she's nominally at least the head of the eu yeah i mean i i wonder you know they must do a kind of an obnoxious stroke test to get these people into these positions because it really is incredible and you know as i said really have a lot going for but okay now watch that you you are kind of breaking up a little bit there okay is that better yeah this is better yeah, talking about just to, on a side note, in the UK as well, you've had this whole uh, uproar because there's a British politic- politician on the Conservative side, Lee, I think Lee Anderson, who basically said that uh, Sadiq Khan is controlled by Islamists in London, which, I mean... I kind of know what he's getting at, but I don't think he's actually controlled by Islamists. Uh, this is on the back of, um, you know, apparently some Labour uh, MPs who've been threatened by the Muslim immigrants that they were uh, cheerleading to import into the country. Um, and so there's a whole uproar about this. And it, it's amazing because in, in, in the UK, you basically have, the conservatives and the centrist right types that basically think, you know, everybody is, you know, that, that we've got a huge problem with Islamophobia in brackets, just for the sake of this conversation, whether we do or not, uh, or with Islam. And then you have the left who are apparently accused, they're constantly accused of being anti-Semitic because, um, uh, what's his name? Um, 
in the Labour Party started off that because he was so critical of uh, Israel. And anybody who is critical of Israel gets, uh, you know, condemned as being anti-Semitic. So that is literally the dichotomy in, in, in UK politics. Labour Party accused the Conservatives of being uh, Islamophobic and the Conservatives who are, you know, who are constantly having a meltdown about the poor Jews in, in the UK being persecuted are constantly accusing the left of being um, anti-Semitic, you know. Um, so, that, you know, that's what our political and cultural uh, sphere is dominated by, you know, Islam and Judaism and Zionism, you know. In what used to be a white Christian country. Okay, well, getting back to the farmers, what's their grievance? Okay, the, the, the farmers have been squashed with aggressive EU regulations, which make it very difficult for them to operate with any kind of profit. And, and they've added fuel to the fire and completely exacerbated the situation with flooding the, the European market with cheap grain from, you guessed it, Ukraine. And while all this is going on, this chaos has been ensuing, again, throwing more fuel in the fire and putting a middle finger essentially up to the farmers. Ursula von der Leyen is out there, along with that moron from, that effeminate moron from Canada, uh, Maloney the phony, uh, the okay. apparently right. Oh, and you, you were referring to Justin Trudeau, the effeminate. Yes, and then, yeah. And then Maloney the phony, the apparently right-wing populist leader of the uh, of Italy, who's turned out to be a massive abject failure, a huge disappointment, um, because you know she completely capitulated after she came into power, and you know when this whole uh, Ukraine thing started. So they're all out there promising the world, including more billions to to Ukraine. Meanwhile, the farmers are protesting en masse to the point they're so frustrated. They feel they've got so little left to lose that they're turning violent, you know. But it doesn't matter to Ursula. Ursula's out there having the pictures taken, conducting what I think is essentially a microcosm of the whole war in Ukraine. It's more of a media campaign rather than any any sort of uh, military campaign with any teeth. And whatever teeth it did have, the Russians have blown them completely out of the Ukrainian head. So, you know, they are losing spectacularly there. They don't have any... Uh, Weaponry, they, they're running, they're completely almost out of artillery. And then they're signing these security deals, you know, these security guarantees. Well, you know, what they want is to join NATO. So it's by signing these security guarantees, it's basically, no, you're not joining NATO. And but what are they guaranteeing? What security are they guaranteeing? What are they going to do? You know, what are in these documents? I imagine they're ultimately worthless. This is all about optics. It's all about a narrative in the same way that this whole campaign has been conducted. It's, it, it's got no substance. It's just basically a media campaign designed for Western eyes to keep the, the scam going and the money laundering going and, you know, letting more Ukrainians die, you know. OK, so uh, one comment, and this is you mentioned that the uh, some of the farm product prices have been depressed by cheap grain from Ukraine. And so why is there cheap grain from Ukraine? Well, there had been in 2022 when, because Ukraine is a major uh, agricultural country and the, the war seemed poised to disrupt its exports. And uh, traditionally uh, a lot of its exports were going to the third world. 
And so there was a, a negotiation to allow for uh, U- Ukrainian, Ukrainian agricultural exports to go through Black Sea port. Was it in, I think it's Odessa, and Odessa is, is in under Ukrainian control. So they go, and these, these agricultural exports would have safe passage through the, uh, the Black Sea. The idea being that uh, we don't want these black people in Africa to be suffering because of the war in Ukraine. But as it turns out that uh, the, the agricultural exports are not going to the third world, they are going to the EU and depressing prices there. I would imagine uh, as, as energy intensive as modern agriculture is that, uh, that not just fuel prices, but uh, particularly um, fertilizer prices in Europe have probably gone sky high. Uh, fertilizer uh, uses gas as a major input. It's like natural gas, and of course, Russia is a ma- massive gas supplier, and it was going through. You know, a lot of a lot of gas was passing through Ukraine, but also a lot. <laughs> so yeah, Ukraine's passing gas. Bad joke there. Uh, a lot was also going through Nord Stream. The Northern Europe and and of course the Americans destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline, so you, suddenly you're not getting that cheap gas, uh, which is a massive input in fertilizers. So, uh, yeah. and and I would imagine that these all complicate the situation. Um, am I wrong, or do you have no? You're absolutely you're absolutely right and. You know, I don't know. I mean, you've got this bill in in the Congress for you know this sixty billion for Ukraine or whatever, and I imagine, I, I suppose, because I don't understand it any other way, that in in light of the fact that this money is not yet forthcoming, I imagine it probably will be. That maybe that Washington must be pulling the strings and putting a lot of pressure on the Europeans because the Europeans last week have just doubled down on this. Whatever it takes, you have the Munich Security Council. Then, like I said, you had Maloney and von der Leyen out there in Ukraine celebrating the two-year anniversary of this war. It's so cringeworthy. Um, and promising them the earth. And, and, you know, in the backdrop of Avdevka falling, the mainstream media are now, for whatever reason, I think they've spun it, they've finally been forced to admit it, as a, as, a, as, a, as a means to try and get this uh, money through the Congress, but they now admit that there's, you know, Ukraine's losing, that this is a desperate situation, um, and and yet, on the backdrop of all this and what's happening in Brussels and Europe with the farmers, Europe's out there promising them the earth. Don't worry, keep going. We've got your back. Um, you know, you've had David Cameron, you've had Schultz, you've had that very strange individual, Jan Stoltenberg, the head of the of NATO, all saying the same thing. We must, we must stop Russia in Ukraine. We cannot allow the, the Kremlin to win in Ukraine because we need to protect our liberty and our freedom and our democracy in the West. And we know the Russians and Putin will not stop with Ukraine if they win in Ukraine. And so this is the BS you're getting in unison, in harmony, 
after the two years of this war, after I've dated Kripal, and and you, and you could add to that, uh, you could add to that Macron, the president of France, who's who's not even ruling out European boots on the ground in Ukraine because Russia must not be allowed to prevail. Yeah, listen. Does anybody take Macron seriously? I mean, this guy, you know, I don't know how many sides of the mouth he can have, but this guy speaks out of every possible side of the mouth. You know, he, on any given day, he, he can say any contradicting things depending on who the audience is. He, he must think that everybody's completely, you know, retarded, that we don't notice. But I guess in his arrogance, he thinks he's some great tool of, of uh, the globalists where he can pull this off. You see the way he walks, he swaggers around. He really fancies himself as like, some sort of cool politician, but no one takes him seriously. And no sooner had he uttered those words that he was slapped down, I think, even from Washington and I think the UK as well. Um, you know, Russia announced today that they've identified 600, at least 600 foreign mercenaries fighting in, uh, in Ukraine from America, from the UK, from Georgia, from Lithuania, from Estonia, from Poland, um, and then, of course, you had the CIA, the story the New York Times broke about the CIA having bases there on the Russian border for the last 10 years. So will, will, will that take the air out of this unprovoked attack nonsense? I, I don't know. You, you, you would think so, but I wouldn't hold, hold your breath. They'll find some way of fitting that into the narrative. Indeed. Well, so with the um, the the farmers... We've had farmer farmer unrest and other um, kind of not relatively ape apolitical is not necessarily the best word, but um, uh, you you've, you know you had the yellow vest movement some years ago. Uh, you've had in France farmers periodically come out and they 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 dump uh, milk or they dump animal carcasses on roads and things like that. Uh, so you, you have a history of, of uh, pretty hardcore uh, upheaval, of pretty hardcore protest movements among both uh, farmers, but also, I guess, the Yellow Vest movement. Was that, who were they? Were they truckers? I mean, you, you, you have these, and, and their demands um, typically are just economic demands. But these movements, I think they're liable to take place when you've got a lot of, uh, say, international upheaval. You know, the, your, the war in Ukraine has an awful lot to do with what's going on here. And I've been hearing about this, uh, the, the farmers' protests for several weeks now. Do, do they seem to be accelerating? Yeah, they're getting worse because the farmers are turning violent. <laughs> you know, some of them. Oh, uh-huh. 
Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, They're getting worse because the farmers are turning violent. <laughs> you know, some of them. But you, you can see these trucks, you can see sorry, these tractors physically removing barriers that the Brussels police have erected to stop them. Those concrete barriers that would normally stop normal vehicles. But you, you can see these tractors for almost a mile down the road. You know, three wide. This is completely dominating, you know, life in Brussels. They're spraying silage and manure on buildings and official EU buildings. And, you know, surely this should be all the news. 
Yeah, it couldn't happen to nicer people. Well, regarding, you know, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, Justin Trudeau or, or Macron and Stoltenberg do whatever it takes, all of this stuff. It, uh, last, about a week ago, um, on, it was actually the 22nd of February, the U.S. Uh, Deputy Secretary of State, that's she's in an acting position, but she's both she has both a number two and number three job at the State Department. That's Victoria Newland. She gave a speech at the Centers for Strategic and International Studies. It used to be used to be part of uh, Georgetown University, but but I guess it's been spun off for for the past few decades. And it's it you know this big establishment think tank, and and she gave a speech there, and okay. and think tank, I think. Yeah, it's a, th- a think tank, B- very big establishment one. And uh, and and Jewish run, by the way, it's uh, the chairman of it is this guy Pritzker from the Pritzker family. His I think his brother is the governor of Illinois and his his sister was uh, was Obama's commerce secretary or something like that. It's this big, super rich Jewish family. They they own a bunch of is it Procter and Gamble. They own they own this big retailing firm. Uh, you know, that, that does uh, like consumer products. I can't remember all the products, but they anyway, they're they're big super Zionist. Anyway, um, so Victoria Newland was there and and she gave a speech and then had an interview and said, you know, a lot of reprehensible things. Uh, one is she was trying to sell the war as being good for the U.S. economy because all these weapons are sourced from 40 U.S. states. And um, so all the money's coming back. For good paying jobs in America. But she also just spun, like she spun things. A, a lot, I'm sure, is just complete fabrications. But she spun things to, to show that Russia's on the ropes, that Ukraine's on the verge of victory, that Russia's on the ropes, that Russia's l- losing hundreds of thousands of people, sending them into a meat grinder, um, and that it's 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 lost most of its black sea fleet or a big hunk of its black sea fleet. And it's, it's lost most of the territory it gained at the beginning of the war, which, you know, they, they, that is so, um, well, it's so untrue, but yeah, and it's so Jewish, but you know, uh, the, the very first days of the war, they, they had a, a, a tank column that went to the suburbs of Kiev. And if you were going to say, okay, well, they had a tank column. They were sitting in the suburbs of Kiev. Everything in Ukraine east of Kiev, therefore, was occupied by Russia, which it wasn't. They just had a tank column that had driven there. But you want to say, okay, well, that was all territory that they conquered. And then when when they withdrew, which was a goodwill gesture because they had people uh, negotiating in Turkey with the Ukrainians – uh, and they had had practically they had arrived at a draft settlement, so they withdrew. That somehow that mm-hmm. constitutes U- Ukraine con- uh, reconquering the you know half of the territory that Russia had seized. Well, that's I mean that's that's what she's saying. Um, at any rate, the she what she was doing was uh, at this point. I mean, there's no there's no conceivable way that Ukraine, which is the one who has been feeding people into a meat grinder, which is the one that's on the ropes, which is the one that doesn't have um, armaments, uh, which is the one whose political system is on the verge of collapse. 
Uh, there's no way that Ukraine's going to win. So what she's trying to do is is set up a scenario, set up a narrative whereby when that inevitable collapse happens, it's going to be blamed on Donald Trump and the Republicans because they oppose this this most recent sixty billion dollar aid package. And that's I mean, yeah. and that's that's what is being set up. So so much of of what's going on in Europe, in the United States, uh, regarding these people and their their comments about the war, is not it, you know. I I don't think these people. Some of them are stupid and don't understand. But um, but I think to a large but to the one as far as any of them do understand what's going on. What's going on is they're they're they are trying to. Uh, establish a uh, a finger pointing mechanism when so when things collapse they can point the fingers because things are going to yeah, collapse. It, yeah, and this whole idea. I mean, listen, if if four months from now, you know, say you had a situation where the Ukrainians were doing, you know, in reality. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. 
homeowners? Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Sayonara. Yeah, and this whole idea, I mean, listen, if if four months from now, you know, say you had a situation where the Ukrainians were, doing, you know, in reality, like, we know this is not the reality, but if it was the reality, say, at the moment or a couple of weeks ago, the Ukrainians were giving as good as they get, and it was a 50-50, you know, like a boxing fight that could go either way. Well, if, if this 60 billion wasn't granted, well, maybe three or four or five, six months from now, you could maybe make a case that, well, the Ukrainians are doing well, but then you stop the flow of uh, ammunition and artillery. And so you could blame the Americans for not granting this money. But at this point, I mean, you know, they, they ignore the fact that there is a huge lag between this money, you know, being granted and then it actually materializing into weapons on the ground, etc. So that's a nonsense argument uh, from the start. Um, the other thing you mentioned was, you know, Victoria Newland, they, they can't have it both ways. You can't have John Kirby coming out and saying, we desperately need this money. The Ukrainians are, you know, on the, seriously on the back foot. They're, they're, they're running very low on artillery shells and everything else. And the Europeans saying the same thing. And then Victoria Newland trying to spin it and saying it's the complete opposite. Well, it's the complete opposite. Why are you so desperate for this money? And then, of course, you've got Ukraine themselves embodied in this Zelensky fool, scumbag, who comes out and needs to blame the West for everything. Well, we need weapons, and uh, if we don't get weapons, uh, you know, uh, God bless you, uh, your country not invaded uh, yet, uh, but uh, Putin won't stop in Ukraine, so we're defending not only Ukraine, but uh, your countries too. And you have to listen to this scumbag blaming the West all the time, when how, how many of these weapons that we did send, maybe they'd still be in the fight if they weren't embezzling so many funds and they weren't selling these weapons around the world. I mean, these people in Ukraine would sell their mothers for the right price. You know, it, it, it's a kleptocracy, the place. And But they don't take responsibility. They just keep begging and keep blaming and keep, you know, give us more money so that we can buy villas for our daughters and our families as well as ourselves in, in, in Italy and France and wherever else, you know? I mean, it's a complete joke and... I think more and more people know it after that interview with Carson. And another thing that Carson revealed in that interview, that Putin revealed, was we are fed this narrative that when Russia... Okay, he's starting to break up a little bit, though. 
so you were breaking, you were breaking up a bit so we're being fed this narrative that well, we defend this narrative you mentioned the other time um the, about the withdrawal we've been fed this narrative from the start that the russians tried to take over kiev and march on kiev and they were uh you know repelled by the the might of the ukrainian forces and that they were pushed back and suffered heavy losses and everything else and it was an embarrassment for the ukrainians well according to vladimir putin there was a deal apparently made again sponsored by france and germany that if they withdrew i think what he said was the, the deal was that if russia withdrew that they would uh set up a security framework and some sort of negotiations and Russia honored this and withdrew. But we've been fed this narrative that they were sorely beaten and beat back by the, the might of the Ukrainians, you know? Right. We, we were hearing that from the beginning. Uh, you know, what we're seeing now is the uh, this, the ship is is sinking. I mean, it's, it's taking on water. It's sinking. And various people are scrambling around trying to, to uh, secure themselves some sort of future now in in ukraine you do see the infighting um uh, so zaluzhny got pushed out i'm not sure exactly what he's doing now did he take did he take some sort of he, I, I know he'd been offered the uh to be ambassador to britain you know which is a uh facing I, measure yeah I, my own personal view on this is to you know zaluzhny wouldn't resign uh, they couldn't sack him because of his, his popularity. And I thought this is a principled guy who might be caring about the Ukrainians. I think he was leveraging his position. And the Korean came over there. And shortly after, there was a big check written out to Zaluzhny. I think that's why he looked so happy and hugged, hugged Zelensky so publicly when he was being saying. I, I'd, I'd say there was, a, there was a check probably north of uh, $2 million or something written out to Zaluzhny. And he thought, okay, great, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but you know, the Ukrainian situation is is falling apart, and uh, one one thing is that the uh, his, his term in office, like the elections, were to be held by uh, March 29th, and his term. I'm not sure what day in May, but, you know, the elections were to be the end of March. And then the term, his term expires in May. And there had been some brouhaha about whether um, the Ukrainian constitution actually allows for the presidential election to be postponed during martial law. During It, it does allow, apparently, and I'm not an expert on it, but it allows legislative elections to be postponed. But the martial law has been extended, and uh, there's the elections are not going to be held, and so his his constitutional term will expire in May, uh, which provides a a, a a rationale for those who are gunning for him, uh, whether it's Petro Poroshenko or uh, Valery uh, Klitschko. Vitaly Klitschko, the mayor of Kiev, Poroshenko is his uh, was the former president, or others. To once his term has expired, uh, if they want to overthrow him, yep. well, that's that's a good. Yeah, 
Yanukovych, yeah, I mean, Yanukovych is still around. Well, he's not in Ukraine, he's been in Russia. And he wasn't particularly popular um, amongst the Russians. I mean, I don't think he had a close relationship with Putin the way, like, Lukashenko in Belarus has a pretty good working relationship with Putin. That was not never the case with uh, Yanukovych. He's always described as being pro-Russian. It wasn't that he was pro-Russian, but he was elected on the strength of Russian speakers and people who identify as Russians in the East. But guess what? So was Zelensky. You can look at the electoral map from uh, 2019, uh, his election. He ran against the incumbent Petro Poroshenko. Petro Poroshenko is, was popular in the West with the ultra nationalists and Zelensky ran on a, uh, a, uh, on a, a platform of let's, Let's negotiate with the Russians. Let's let's work out something and and have a peace. He was a peace candidate, and he was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a close race the way uh, some of the previous presidential elections were very close. The uh, twenty, what would it have been? The the twenty ten race between uh, uh, Yanukovych and Timoshenko was pretty close and evenly divided. Timoshenko was popular in the West and uh, uh, Yanukovych in the East. In 2004, similarly, you had uh, uh, um, Yanukovych popular in the East and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Victor uh, Yushchenko. Yushchenko was in the, he was popular in the West and they were close. This wasn't close, but the the East, the Russian-speaking area, um, voted overwhelmingly for Zelensky. And of course, then he wound up being just as as hardcore um, militant and provocative of Russia as Pet- as Petro Poroshenko could have ever been expected to be. So there you go. That's 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 our democracy. That, those are our democrat democracy values that work for you. Yeah. Well, you know, in Germany, for example, I mentioned the other day on my show. You know, they're calling for essentially what amounts to a ban on the ADF, um, you know, uh, because because they're an extremist party. And like I said, we like to spread democracy, but we don't actually indulge too much in democracy ourselves. Um, but we like to condemn uh, people like Vladimir Putin for being undemocratic, uh, unlike our beacons of, of democracy. But. You know, we we have to do it under the, you know, when it comes to free speech, we don't really have free speech, but we pretend we do by saying, oh, it's hate speech. You know, we we can't have that. Uh, Or they they use this language of extremism when it comes to a political party, which has, you know, at least 20 percent support in Germany. Uh, They dismiss them as an extremist party and they're trying to push through uh, as soon as they can with great urgency legislation to get rid of these people. So that's our democracy. Yeah. Uh, you know, where did the uh, in the UK twenty years ago? Where did the British Nationalist Party go? They had a lot of support. The British Nationalist Party. Oh, the name says it all. You can't have a party like that, Patrick. Uh, you know, they have to be dismissed as, you know, Nazis and um, racists and bigots and everything else. So they were basically shut down. That's our democracy. Yeah. So the British National Party had a certain amount of support. Uh, and I guess they had managed to get, I don't know, did they ever have anybody elected to win, 
uh, Westminster, the, your, your parliament. I, they they did get uh, people elected to, I, I guess, to the European Parliament. What was what was their level of electoral success? Oh, I don't think it was like <clears throat> great, but you know, it was growing, and then they mm-hmm. recognized the threat, so they you know they they put a stop to it. But you did have uh, what's his name in the European Parliament. Yeah, they they had that level of. Uh, success Nick, uh, was it nick, nick griffin who who was in the parliament european parliament nick griffin yeah nick griffin yeah european Parliament. yeah yeah and and but, you know part of the reason that you're more likely to get people elected to the european parliament uh, as opposed to the uk parliament is that the uk parliament has these single seat districts so you have to you have to come in first place in a geographic area in order to uh, get elected to the uh to the uh, British Parliament, as it, you know, the same with the American Congress, you have to come in first place. Whereas a lot of European countries, a lot of countries, um, and the European, uh, the European Parliament has proportional representation. So you don't, you, you don't have to come in first place, but you still have to have a, a large number of votes uh, in order to, to register. So in in Germany, where they do have proportional representation, I think any party that gets at least I think the threshold is 5% of the vote. If you get that 5% of the vote, then uh, I think that's the threshold. Then all the seats are divided up proportionally, which is why, you know, you have the Greens who who have a very firm 10 to 12%, very firm. So they're always going to uh, have a significant representation there of, of at least that much. You know, there are going to be some votes that go to parties that don't meet the threshold. So the those that do meet the threshold, their combined um, percentage might only be, you know, 90 percent because maybe 10 percent went to parties that didn't meet the threshold. But those 90 percent of those votes are dividing up 100 percent of the uh, of of the seats. So uh, currently, I believe, isn't the AFD, aren't they the second are they the second most popular party? Uh, aren't they polling ahead, like at around 20%? They're polling ahead of Schultz's um, uh, yeah. what, what, what Social Democrat Party and ahead of the Greens and ahead of the Free Democrats behind only Merkel's um, uh, Christian Democrats. Isn't that how it works? Exactly. So, and now they're trying to get rid of this party as, as extremists. And yet, you know, out of the you know out of the other side of their mouth, they condemn people like Vladimir Putin for you know uh, he imprisons his political opposition and uh, he's an authoritarian you know he's autocrat you know. But here in the West, well, we only just we basically ban political parties who are a threat to us because they're extremists, Patrick. We can't have extremists, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, all right. Um, what where are we going from here? Uh, it, it's, do we have any, um, any big developments on the horizon anywhere? Uh, oh, here's a question. So in, in the UK, um, you've got Rishi Sunak, the Indian prime minister of the UK, and mm-hmm. he's not particularly pro- popular. He's not going to save the day for the Tories and you will have elections that are due by what? Early 2025. Is that when they're due? They're they're due not too far off, and you've got this um, 
Keir, what's his name? Keir Starmer. What's the guy's name who heads heads Labor, which looks like by default it's going to win. Are there any developments there? Is Keir Starmer is is he in is he going to lead the Labor Party into um, the elections? And are they assured of victory? Well, <clears throat> people are so. Uh, it's the nicest way of putting it: as disillusioned with the Conservatives that even though millions vowed never to vote for, you know, the Labour Party. Uh, they're so disgusted with the Conservatives that up until recent developments uh, with Starmer and uh, apparent anti-Semitism because of Israel-Gaza, uh, he was m- pretty much a sure thing to be the next, you know, Prime Minister because people were just going to vote anything but Conservatives. Um at least Labour would be honest about having an open-door immigration policy, whereas the Conservatives pretend to be hard, tough on immigration and you know, controlling our borders and everything else. And then you've just, un- under their tenure in the last 12, 14 years, you've had just unprecedented uh, immigration, both illegal and legal immigration. So um, such is the disillusion with the Conservatives that he might, still by the time it comes around, this uh, Israel-Palestine thing might have uh, the, you know blown over. Uh, end up as the next prime minister. But, you know, again, you know, if you think you've got a unit party in the United States, well, it, it's nothing compared to what we've got. There is there is nothing between the Conservatives and the Labour Party. Like I've always said, it doesn't matter who you vote for, you, you always end up with the Trotskyite Tony Blair. Tony Is Tony well, Blair Trotskyite? Oh, yeah. So was Trotsky. Of course he was. And... Uh, so is Starmer was part of the British Communist Party, I'm pretty sure, in his youth, you know. And then, of course, you know, back back in those days, you know, Blair's come up and they've had this, the march through the institutions. And now the institutions have all been essentially Marxized, if that's the right word. I don't know. I mean, you probably might not agree with that, but to some extent, <clears throat> Trotskyized. <laughs> um, but yeah, these guys are all Trotskyites in their youth. Yeah, well, what our... Some of the older neocons were Trotskyites back in the day. That's a that was a kind of a Jewish thing. I I look at uh, at Blair and I don't see Marx. I see Bill Clinton. Um, you, you know, you had this weird phenomenon in the nineties. Certainly, Clinton and Blair. Some people might throw uh, Gerhard Schroeder, who was the. Uh, February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. 
That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Health Simple with Kalwara Shilaji. Fact bit number three. Shilaji is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilaji is the singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yogavaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rates. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture and foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Look for the Gold Mountain and Medical Symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. this weird phenomenon in the 90s certainly clinton and blair some people might throw uh gerhard schroeder who was the uh he was the german chancellor in between helmut kohl and angela merkel uh for about five years some people would throw him in there i don't know i think he might have a little bit of integrity somewhere but these were people who had taken over uh, ostensibly left-wing parties, but made them completely uh, pro-business, and uh, I think per, I think you could pretty well say that they um, turned their back on their their working-class uh, labor um, constituents. They were com- totally pro-business. At any rate, they they wound up being the preferred party of big business, and uh, and and pursued what is often called globalist policies. Um, I mean, to me, that that really doesn't have much to do with, with the Marxism, either of Karl Marx or of, uh, you know, the official ideology of the Soviet Union. I, I, don't, I don't see it there, but I know everybody, everybody likes to, to say everything's communism and everything's socialism. But anyway, I'm just throwing that out. We only have a few minutes left. I'll, I'll kick it back to you. 
Yeah, well, the other, the other thing I mentioned, London and City Cal, my son sent me a, a little video yesterday of, of you know, the, the London Underground and the train network, is, I think it's had five five different lines added over the last two or three years. And uh, in typical Sadiq Khan arrogance, middle finger to British culture, uh, not knowing his place, even though, you know, he's only been in the country, his family since the 70s. Um, one of the lines is called was the Suffragette. Was he born? I, I just want to ask, was Sadiq Khan born in the UK? Yes, and that was one of his great messages about the success of immigration. His Pakistani father came over here and worked in eight jobs or something. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and just this 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 great uh, politician named Sadiq Khan. So, if ever there's an mm-hmm. argument against immigration, but this was put forward as an argument for multiculturalism, been a huge success. So we got Sadiq Khan out of it. But anyway, they've they've renamed one of the London Underground lines the Suffragettes Line. There's mm-hmm. another one called um, uh, the Windrush Line, which is a uh, you know uh, to honour the Windrush generation. What's um, that? Is that is there something gay about that? What's Windrush? The Windrush generation is, is uh, again, a wonderful addition to British culture when we had uh, a lot of Caribbeans come over here in the 60s, Jamaicans uh, and Caribbeans. You know, uh, the countries where I think they're in the top five of the most criminal uh, countries in the world in terms of their general uh, social uh, criminality. Um, so then what, what else? There was another one. I can't remember the name of it now, but he's basically named all these lines, basically, um, for want of a better word, you could call it cultural Marxist uh, names or woke li- line names or whatever you want to call them. Typical sort of Sadiq Khan messaging uh, and virtue signaling. So we've had all these... Uh, I'm surprised that we don't have a, joint, uh, a George Floyd station somewhere, you know? Maybe we could rename... Um, uh, maybe St. Pancras Station to, as George Floyd Station. You know, I think Sadiq Khan's got a couple of years left on his tenure, so we might have a George Floyd line or a George Floyd Station somewhere um, by the time he's finished. Who knows? Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to hear about that next time you come on. But um, thank you for joining me, Paul. Thank you very much for having me, Paul. Pleasure. And I'll be back again next time with another exciting episode of National Media Radio. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you.
This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.